Hello listeners, this is the beginning of the podcast, so you're probably expecting to hear that nice intro music we always play. However, this episode was recorded during the post-Passover period of Sphira, during which many religious Jews adopt strictures of mourning and do not listen to music. So, you've just got me. Thank you for listening, and our normal introduction will return in the middle of May after Lagba Omer. Also, if you're counting, don't forget to count Sphira tonight! Hello, and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, a podcast where three Jewish women discuss all of the fanish, geeky, nerdy, and also, by the way, Jewish things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, and I am your host. I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, S.M. Rosenberg. Hello. And Tamar Herman. Hi. So, guys, Pesach's over. Oh my gosh. We survived. We got through it. So, this whole Pesach, I was really torn between, like, Oh, this is annoying food-wise, and then realizing, like, it's eight days, that's totally fine, and was more missing out on Mondays and Tuesdays, that bothered me. Right. Yeah. I, I hear that. I, for me, usually Pesach goes like that, where I'm like, oh, the first days are so long, and then, like, you're, like, halfway through Cholmite, and it's like, fine, um, we're, we're, we're done. Um, and it all feels like we worked ourselves up into a frenzy for nothing. But this year, I don't know, the last two days were just really, really trying for me. I, I got I got very bored <laughs> a little bit like cabin feverish. So uh, yeah, that was that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, how about USM? How was your holiday? I think it was pretty good overall. We got to use my dad's Haggadah. I mean, I used it. He didn't use it. Wait, did your dad make a Haggadah? <laughs> I don't know. Did he? Um... Happens to be I also used it and I and I enjoyed uh, it. I mean I didn't use it as like my main one because I'm like I just I know where everything is yeah. in the you know art scroll one, but um I definitely was following along and I liked it. I actually yeah. haven't seen it yet because my sister was the one about it. I knew it. I should have brought a copy. <laughs> but I know my cousin was quoted twice of it and he was very proud and he sent pictures of it to everyone. Oh good, he found them because I didn't. Yeah. You, you Tamar wrote to me on Erev Chag asking if I could find um, the pages where he was quoted and. But it was Erev Chag. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, right before Chag started, I was like. Oh, crap, I didn't. <laughs> so my sister, pictures. my sister's in Israel, so she only kept one day, so by the time we got done with it, she had already taken pictures. Uh, and okay. He was very happy. Very nice. I think they had. So what were his answers? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Pull it off. Uh, and of course, we're talking about the unofficial Hogwarts Haggadah. Um, if, yeah. you, if you, by some chance, missed our discussion on this, uh, you can go back to, I guess, two episodes ago, two episodes ago. where we interviewed Rabbi Rosenberg, SM's dad, who wrote the Haggadah, and not, not the Haggadah, and then on our Hogwarts Haggadah. The Haggadah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we went on our live stream and we auctioned off a copy of, and we gave it away to Katie, Katie Breitbart, who yes. won that. And I managed to send it to her in time for Haggadah. Oh, I was Yay! about to ask, did she get it? Everything went okay, cool. Oh, good, I'm very glad. Well, so, yes. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, speaking of live streams, it's worth noting that, unfortunately, <laughs> we were about to do, a re- like, we're all together today, oh, in case so you can't sad. tell. And we were going to do this thing where, like, Starbucks has this bonkers, crazy, I don't know why they did this, unicorn frappuccino. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't because, they? look, I mean, I have to say, it is gorgeous looking. It is maybe the prettiest drink I've ever seen in my entire life. But um, I, of course, saw it and was like, there's no way that's kosher. And then apparently Lakewood says it is kosher. So we were going to, like, go and do a live stream and do, like, a first taste and see what happened and, like, see it turn purple. But uh, the Starbucks we went to was out of the unicorn frappuccino. Unicorns are probably extinct because of the unicorn <laughs> frappuccino. So like shame on us all as a society. Um, yes, but drinking yes. unicorn blood is never the answer, people. Yeah, if you, you should, want, you should just stay dead. <laughs> if you're interested in more live streams, then definitely let us know because I think we enjoyed doing that the first yeah. time, and we're we're looking forward to doing that again when the when the opportunity arises. So. Right now we're going to get into our current obsessions. I'm just going to go first because I feel like going first. And <laughs> our our current obsession, well my, I'm sorry, my current obsession is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yay! Star Wars Celebration happened over Cholmoid, which if you don't know are the interstitial days where it's still the holiday, but we don't follow like the rules of the, of the Chag, of the holiday, like of the... We can use electronics. We can yes. use electronics. We, we can write. We can participate in society. Exactly. Well, depending on you know which opinions you right. follow. Some people don't work. Some people do. Right. 
Uh, but yeah, so, they're less strict. But so I was able to follow. Um, unfortunately, wasn't able. But we to still go. can't eat. And it was so funny actually because my mother is very adamant about spending Pesach at home and and not going to a hotel and and you're with your family and no one else and that's fine. Um, and then for some reason, and I was of course like, oh well, there's going to be a million Jews at Star Wars Celebration because it's in Orlando and everybody goes to Orlando for Pesach. And then. Um, you know, of course, my mother's like, you know, it would have been really fun to go to Orlando. I'm like, really? Yes, it would have. And I could have gone to Star Wars Celebration. But I didn't go to Star Wars Celebration. I watched the live stream. Um, and it was, they, they showed a trailer, our first trailer. And <laughs> Tamar, I think, are looking at me going like, how do we pretend that we enjoyed this trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to even pretend. I was going to say, I, I thought it was a little bit boring. I, I, there was nothing in it. It was the classic Smoke and Mirrors I mean, trailer. yes, it was a teaser trailer. The movie's not coming out for 10 yeah, months. I'm waiting like, for a real trailer yeah. before well, I get teaser excited. teaser trailers usually end with, like, something, or they have something. Yeah, the, the, the Jedi first teaser trailer. The Jedi have to end. The Jedi have to end. No, was that not just, enough of a teaser? That's not a real thing. It doesn't mean anything. Like, of course it does. obviously they're not going to end, because then there would be no more movies. No, of course it does. Or they like, could end, but, like, it's not... It's a shift in the philosophy. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was just like... Who wants no. to watch any more Star Wars oh movies my God. without Jedi? Not me. Oh my God. I loved it. And I loved... Rogue One didn't have any. Rogue One had problems, but the problem was not that there were no Jedi. Yeah, there that's was, what I'm saying. There was Jedi-ish. Yeah. There was Jedi-light. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, having no Jedi doesn't mean not having the Force. Yes. Um, it just means you're bad at it. No, it just who means wants to that, watch people who are bad that, at the I mean, Force? Jedi <laughs> are a certain path to the Force. And that we have come to think that this is the only path to the Force because of the way Star Wars has been set up. But possibly that's not we true. We can have like a breakaway. Exactly. Like Jedi, Catholicism, and our Jedi. <laughs> we'll have Orthodox reform and conservative yeah, Jedi. And maybe we'll be less in danger of going extinct this time. <laughs> I think we should call this episode Orthodox reform and conservative Jedi. Anyway, um, yeah. But so I, I very Jedi. much liked it. I loved seeing the characters again. I loved seeing Daisy Ridley. I loved seeing, you know, Ray just kick ass with that, uh, with the lightsaber. I wasn't so sure about the Leia thing because they literally announced like the day before that mm-hmm. they were gonna keep her in it. So I was honestly no, wondering. no, they were always gonna they keep were always her gonna in have it. Her in it. Oh, yeah, the announcements have all been about the next movie. Yeah, about oh, episode nine, okay. which they didn't film yet, obviously. Um, so then they said that they are not going to have her in the movie, which is probably for the best. So she's definitely going to be in this one. The question was if she was in the trailer or not, and there is a debate as to whether one of the people that we see from behind is Leia. Oh, it is Leia. It was her. Are you yeah. sure? Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a debate. Yeah, yeah, no. she didn't have anything. I, mean, I, I, I wanted I wanted more Leia. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, obviously, again, it's a taste. It's you know, it's I, I not even a taste. It was, it was a like t- a. Lick. It was a taste of it. Anyway. <laughs> I forgot until I was watching this trailer <laughs> teaser how much I hated Kylo Ren. Oh my god, Kylo Ren is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I mean, he's terrible. Don't get me wrong, but I I I, I have a lot of feelings about little messed up Kylo Ren. I'm sure by the time The Last Jedi comes around, we'll get the chance to talk about this more. But anyway, yeah, Star Wars Celebration, very cool. They also announced the last um, season of Star Wars Rebels, which is good because it's not such a great show. And, and did uh, they announce an all-female-focused Yeah, show? It was sort of. They, they announced, um, like, what's it called? Um, Force Heroes or Heroes of the Force or something like that. And, uh, like, some short little cartoons, also a, to- a toy line and... Stuff like that Ooh. and books, yeah, that Ooh. all just happen to be women, which is I fantastic, and they didn't make a thing. Watch it, yeah, exactly. So it's going to be all the Star Wars heroes who are women who we we know and love, and some that you might not know if you haven't watched the cartoons, which I don't blame you for. But anyway, um, <laughs> SM, what is I, I think I, I might have a sense of what your current obsession is because she brought the I brought book. the book. <laughs> yeah, um, so I got um, for I think it was my birthday present. Um, it might have been a birthday combined with Hanukkah present from a friend that um, I got volume one of Miss Marvel, the Kamala Khan version that um, I'm not sure when it started exactly. I can look this up. A couple Maybe years ago. Couple I years remember ago. when people like... Last three or four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there it's a, there's enough that there's already an omnibus and it should be in the there are a lot of issues. Um... Copyright 2016, but that's, well, so that's, that's what that's, that's the album. Yeah, um, I feel like it was 2014, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Within the past five years, whatever yeah. it is, it's very recent. Um, and they have smartphones. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I don't know if they they don't really talk about like current politics or anything of the day, but 
Um, what makes it so amazing is that Kamala Khan is a uh, Pakistani Muslim who is from New Jersey, and she is guys very. I am very prejudiced against New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's her job. Her, like she just basically appoints herself once she gets her superpower. Spoiler: um, she appoints herself basically, you know, the guardian of New, of Jersey City. Oh no! <laughs> Why? No, but it's great. It's great. She's sixteen. She's a total nerd fangirl who writes fanfic oh, about so the cute. Avengers and like, and then uh, even after she gets her powers. Um, well, they haven't really addressed that, but she does at one point team up with Wolverine, and she, t- like, he just, like, he just, like, barges into whatever fight she's ha- having at the, at that time, and she's like, oh my god, it's Wolverine! And, like, the fanfic that I wrote about you was, like, number three on the chart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this. And he was like, oh my god. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and there's a great, there's a little artwork in here of the, you know, of the selfie that they take together. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know if they, like, actually had time to take a selfie, but, like, if they had taken a selfie, this is the artist's rendering of what that selfie would have looked like, and, like, yeah. Kamala is, like, big smile, and Wolverine is grumpy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... I have to see Logan. But, oh my god, Logan, don't get me started. Oh my god. I haven't seen it, no spoilers. Um, but yeah, she is, um, she is Pakistani Muslim, and that is very, very present in her home life, and how she, um, how she interacts with the world and with people. Like, the first scene is, like, her at, like, this, uh, I think... Did she get a laundromat? It was, I don't know, it was a laundromat. I think it's a, you know, it's a convenience store. And, like, she's smelling the, uh, the BLTs, you know? And, she, and like, her friend who works the counter is like, if you, st- you know, smell any more, I'm gonna have to charge you for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, it's funny. She's like, I'm just that. imagining, you know? But, like, and her friend, um... She has a, a friend. She does not wear a hijab herself, but she has a friend Nakia who wears uh, who wears a hijab. And like then there's this white girl who comes up to her, to them and is like, "Oh my gosh, I hope you're wearing that and you don't feel oppressed. And like I hope you're doing it of your own free will." And like she's like, "Actually, I'm not being pressured to do this at all. This was my choice. My dad thinks it's a phase, and that I'll get over it soon." <laughs> it's actually. I mean, it's very interesting because the uh, the writer G Willow Wilson is an American Muslim. Yeah, also, I mean it's so, very it's yeah. very evident that like somebody who's lived this life yeah. um, is incorporating all these things like they you know incorporate all the you know various different Urdu words into mm-hmm. the dialogue um, in her home life and um, when she ha- like she gets her powers from the Terrigen Mist from Agents mm-hmm. of Shield um, and so when she's when she's like in her cocoon she has like this vision of. Um, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel is like is speaking Urdu and she's like wait Captain Marvel you speak Urdu <laughs> this is all happening inside your head of course I speak Urdu <laughs> so it was um, funny that you said about the BLT thing before because on Twitter when Michal posted about the unicorn frap she asked if people had any questions and Mia Steinberg actually said that she felt really left out of watching Yuri on Ice because their romantic buildup revolves around pork cutlet bowls does it so when you said that I was just like wait I saw this tweet a minute ago. It's so yeah, funny. but yeah. I empathize with her because we also can't have the VLTs. Yeah. So, um, it's funny yeah, you mentioned G Willow Wilson because she was involved. She commented, she on, commented that, on the yeah. the jewel. I don't even know what how to what how to call that the the, the recent con- controversy. Yeah, Indonesian those, pol- political yeah. thing. Did you see this? Oh, the the artist who yeah. was slipping all sorts of subliminal messages. Into yeah, well, it was, it was not subliminal. Not subliminal it was just something just like, that if you weren't Indonesian and didn't know yeah. about it, you political get messages. Like G Willow Wilson yeah. said, she didn't know what it was about. She was like two one two, which was my reaction. Also, area code of New York City right, yeah. of Manhattan. So um, there were some references to being against non-Muslim leadership. Yeah, and there was, like, a, a silhouette of, like, Kitty Pride, and, like, next to her there was, like, a jewelry store, but, like... You can only see Jew. You can yeah. only see the Jew part of jewelry And there store. was a reference Which, to a quote you know, from the Quran. I that, completely get why they didn't get why why Marvel wasn't, like, oh, those numbers mean something. Obviously, that's yeah. an extremely yeah. deep dive. I w- I'm a little bit concerned that they didn't see the Jew by Kitty Pride's head and go, like... Marvel didn't you apologize. Know, right, that's the problem. <laughs> and, and they did They did discipline the artist. I, mean, I don't know what that means. Fired but or, I think, they haven't said. They didn't I think say. they took him like off the... He definitely is yeah. off. He released something yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, but... 
basically it was, it was intentional and it was a little bit disappointing that that marvel didn't go like of course we didn't know about this but we're really really sorry it happened which is all they needed other to do. disappointing marvel things happened earlier today yeah and captain america is apparently a hydra agent for real and in, in a in a real real reality I'm still very confused about this. This, this carries off of a controversy from last year. Which I think we discussed. Did No, we weren't recording back then. I think we discussed did, the Captain America hijack thing. Oh, okay. Thing. Yeah, we so. did. Right. So pretty much last year came up that Captain was hijacked by Hydra and is a sleeper agent for Hydra, which is code word for Nazis in Marvel Universe. Uh, except when it's not. Except when it's not. <laughs> And then today, like, I mean, literally... It's not super clear. I mean, like, if you're going by the, the movie version of Hydra, which seems like, you know, they were kind of separate from the Nazis, and, like, they were working at the same time, and they were using a lot of the same resources, but they had their own separate agenda that they so were working So in the comic books, they were, like, the code Yeah, the and the reason, the reason why I have, I have issues with this is because... Is because Marvel really wants to have their cake and eat it too. Like they want you to hate Hydra and have them be Nazis when they want you to hate Hydra and have them be Nazis, and when they don't and want to make other storylines with them. Oh no, these guys aren't Nazis. Those were the other Hydra guys, you know. So, which, you know, doesn't work. So pretty much, Captain. They announced today. I saw through a few articles. I haven't read the comic, but spoilers by the spoilers, way. Spoilers if you read Captain America comics or whatever. I didn't don't remember the name. I saw. I tweeted. I it think before. it's Secret Wars number zero or something. Like yeah, Secret I don't Empire. understand how it was number Secret zero. Empire. Secret yeah, Empire. Secret Empire. Empire. Yeah. So pretty much, the universe where Cap was um, brainwashed by Hydra to be a, a Hydra sleeper agent was a fake reality that the Allies had made, and the real reality was actually where the Axis. One World War Two and Axis being like Nazis and Hydra, so in which case, you know, Cap never would have been written because his greatest were Jewish. So, it, so, so pretty much the fake reality where Cap was brainwashed wasn't real, and in actual reality, he really was a Hydra agent. I don't really. But then get there's it. going to be another layer, we know, and like they're going to just but turn Captain America back to regular. So probably, like, I I think so, but it might take it like a while, like uh, a year or two. But also, like the big thing is like. Marvel denied that they were doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, of course they did. They you were, know, the Star the Star Trek people denied that Benedict Cumberbatch was was playing Khan. But <laughs> no, that's different. That's, that's just classic. And John Snow's totally dead. I mean, you know, but I just get really offended with this because it's like, oh, we were started by Jews who were pretty much giving their political opinion as Captain America versus Hydra. Like, yeah. it wasn't very like sneaky or sly or anything and like x-men all being others and i mean there's so much jewishness political, and and political commentary in general yeah. and now yeah. we're just like oh captain america is really hydra yeah you know i mean cool. i honestly i i had mixed feelings back when the original uh controversy came out because i do i do appreciate that this is fiction and that these things have gone through so many iterations over their 80 years or whatever that like it's it's not necessarily a one-to-one that you know you're making him a nazi or whatever exactly but um and and when they said like oh it was a trick and the bad guys are behind it i'm like all right fine like whatever that's you know but yeah i do i do ultimately feel like if if they're really making it that that caps true allegiance is to hydra then i think that that's not super cool. Doesn't that just rewrite his character? I mean, yes, that's that's another uh, thing. Like, people who aren't as concerned with, you know, the Jewish offense are just like, wait, that's not Cap, though. <laughs> like, I mean, like, he's very well, essence. That's, like, evil Cap. Yeah. yeah, oh, like, yeah. alternate universe Cap. Also, I don't read the comics because they're too confusing, and they just rewrite them all the time, and this just proves it to me that I made the right decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like if you're gonna, I mean, something like Miss Marvel or whatever, mm. you know, it's it's easier to dive in. Right. But yeah, definitely. I've, yeah, I've definitely. Marvel is fairly linear. Yeah. And, at this point. And following anyway, Marvel TV, give it a few years. like I've tried to get into it, and I just I can't figure out where to. Read it. That, I that just wanted to finish subject. up with oh, Miss yeah, Marvel. Oh yeah, Um, and say that like um, this really gives me hope that if there's a Jewish writer that wants to eventually maybe make a. Uh, a you know a religious or at least culturally Jewish superhero because like there are um, Jewish superheroes but they are they tend to be like the trope of informed Judaism which is where you're told that the character is Jewish maybe they have a Jewish sounding name maybe they reference having had a bar mitzvah or celebrating Passover or Hanukkah mm-hmm. and then that's it you know or the Magneto yeah but there's right, nothing, or the Magneto yeah <laughs> or the Magneto you know like I mean but, that was a relatively new iteration I think the the Holocaust mm-hmm. survivor oh, was it. 
version of Magneto was not the original mm. incarnation, but yeah. yeah. But um, but to have somebody whose life is very is very much peppered with and um, just Involved, like immersed yeah. in um, her culture, um, it's really great. And I would love to see that in a in a Jewish context. I think it would look something very similar to Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. honestly. Hey, Marvel, if you want us to write it. Call us. <laughs> I don't know if I can write people. Jewish fangirls at gmail.com. We can't draw, <laughs> but we can all, we can write the script, the storyline. Yeah. yeah, we could we could find uh, some artists for you. My thing always is like, okay, yes, this makes sense that they have a Muslim character, but like, there's just not a large enough audience that wants to see a Jewish. Or, but, or I mean, you wouldn't think that there's enough. A large there's enough a huge. Audience I mean, just. That, People, well, like, I mean, the interesting wise. thing about Miss Marvel is that she, I mean, and and I mean, it's just a superhero with extra color, basically. You well, know, it's just an extra dimension, but it's you know, it's still you know your classic superhero. Well, I mean, the, the reason I feel like Marvel might not be inclined to um, do a, a an Orthodox or affiliated Jewish character, American. right? People have too many ideas of what Judaism is. No, no, not is. at all. It's actually because Ms. Marvel kind of covers that. Mm. And a lot of, I mean, I know on, on Orthodox Ladies United and Fandom, anytime anyone brings up Ms. Marvel, it's like, oh my god, I feel so represented by, you know, this Pakistani Muslim young girl. You know, and it's it's true. Like, I mean, conservative Christians have felt, you know, represented by her. Like, the, the role of religion in the life of a superhero, I feel like, is kind of being covered by this so I don't know if Marvel would want to do another character like that. It's certainly a girl, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to be pessimistic. I feel like, I'm just know, like just thinking opens, demographically. Yeah, I feel like it just it opens the door to show you you know what is possible. Yeah. Um, like whether they will or not, you know, I obviously have no crystal ball, I have no idea. Um, but like, you know, <laughs> right. you know, this is what the is age, this is the age, this is the age of, asking her iced tea. You know, this is the age of, we've run out of ideas, let's make Captain America Hydra, so like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, one last thing is that one of my, the, one of, at the very end they have like variant cover arts and different versions of the art, and I, I loved this particular one that's done in a very realistic style by an artist named Jorge Molina and it, it just it, it looks great and I showed it to my little brother and he was like huh she looks like you and I'm like I didn't notice that and he's like yeah it looks like totally something you would wear and like I was like oh my god new perm costume yeah. so oh, like I just spent like all of yesterday uh, in between trying to find job applications I was scouring the internet for um, for this blue t-shirt and I already own a red a red shirt that would go underneath for the sleeves and to try and find red leggings and the perfect blue boots are what's most elusive at this point. I think it's such a nice touch that they actually put the shirt underneath rather than attached because like that's such a that I know all these orthodox women do and Muslim women do too like (laughs) to put a shell underneath that's such like a non real thing for many people like why would you add sleeves? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but it, it like you can tell like I haven't I read the first chapter of, a com- of one of the comics I forgot my sister had it here and I read it um, also in one of this in one of the scenes when she's not in her superhero mm-hmm. outfit she's wearing Uggs and I was just like <laughs> I connect I connect even though I don't wear Uggs I so was just basic. like I know this de- demographic I know those people yeah. <laughs> well shout out to my friend Preeti uh, Preeti Chibber who actually does a podcast called um, Desi Geek Girls which is oh, like cute. Indian mm. geek uh, ladies, which is awesome. We should um, like team up and have. I know. An I feel like yes. them, us, and like the the Black Girl Nerds podcast <laughs> should do like a thing. <laughs> That'd be so fun. I know, right? Um, but anyway, she she dressed up as Kamala. I think uh, two years ago, last year at New York Comic Con, and she was like, "There's there's like a famous picture of Kamala where she's like scowling or something," and she did that, and she like looked exactly like her. It was hilarious. Maybe it was the. This one here? Uh, no, it wasn't that, but it was it was or similar. I don't know. I anyway, know, there are there are a lot of pictures. I'll yeah, so shout out to Preeti, who looks exactly like Kamala Khan because that was yeah. that was hilarious. Um, tomorrow, what is your obsession? <laughs> <laughs> we spent a lot of time talking about Marvel. Um, I mean, I feel like it's good because we've never we really gone into around. comics before, and and they're yeah. very fan to me. Yeah. Um, so my obsession, I'll be quick about this. Um, I'm watching a Korean TV show called Signal right now. It's definitely not my normal mo. It's a crime procedural Ooh. which i don't i'm not really interested but it does have some fantastical aspects to it pretty much it's about a profiler in the police department and he 
connects to someone two decades ago by using a walkie-talkie at a certain time at night. Oh, so it's like frequency. Yes, they solve cold cases. That's so cool. But the episodes aren't about who did it. It's about how the cops don't know what they did. So you find out by the end of each episode who did it, and each case is like two or three episodes. And so you're just like sitting there anticipating how the cops are going to catch this person or not. And sometimes they change the past, and sometimes it goes well, and sometimes like... People have died when they've changed the past, and like frequency. it gets really yeah. So I didn't realize I didn't watch Frequency, so I, I guess recommend it's probably it's very based intense. off of it. So it's really good. I'm like two episodes from the end, and we're just gonna find out how Korea has a lot of corruption politically. They just like got rid of their president because of it. So um, this drama like hit home with a lot of people in Korea, and they saw it as like the final criminal ends up being of course someone who's very corrupt and political um and i'm two episodes away but i already know who it is but so like people saw this as a a drama a a tv show about like how cops are corrupt how politicians are corrupt um you find out pretty early on that one of the cop in the past gets killed for being a good cop Oh, so so you you figure i i assume they're gonna change (laughs) his past but we're not there yet he's still dying um, he's like been dying for like four episodes though, so. <laughs> um, but it's really good. I I like that it has like some time travel aspect to it, but not really. Like, what's it's, it called again? Signal. Mm-hmm. It's about oh because um, signal the signal from the walkie-talkie. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's short and sweet, and I don't usually like like I said I don't usually watch cop shows. Like when I some I haven't. It's actually two or three years old already. Two years maybe, and I. Maybe it was from last year. Whatever. It was old, and I usually watch Korean TV shows as they're airing because I'm crazy. But this one, I like was like, oh, I don't want to watch a Law & Order style show. Like, I'm not interested in that. And then everybody was saying, this is the best show Korea has had in years and years. So I was just like, okay, I'll watch it. And it's so <laughs> good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so um, our main topic for today is going to be just kind of what we did over Pesach and our specifically our reading but also we can mention anything else geeky that we might have done or caught up on or um i finished watching the screeners that i had of american gods oh how was it (laughs) oh my god this show you guys this show is exactly like reading the book now mind you i read the book in high school and because I'm not of my, the hugest fan of the book, but I feel like it no, will translate better to TV. But, but I read the book and I didn't know what Odin was because I went to base Yakov schools. Uh, so I, I didn't know that there were gods really in this book. I mean, I got I that they were gods, but like I didn't, <laughs> for most of them, I didn't like connect them to like their actual uh. counterparts. Um, so. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not rereading it because it's it's a tough book to read. Yeah. But um, I am listening to a, a podcast about it, so I'm kind of catching up that way. But uh, watching the show, first of all, uh, viewer discretion advised if you're sensitive to sexual imagery because oh my god, it has it. Um, yeah, the book was like that too. Yeah, like, like extremely movies, explicit yeah. sexual imagery. Um, I was talking to my brother who's like trying to read the book, and and I was like, yeah, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm looking forward to the show, and I'm like, oh, you might not want to watch the Bilka scenes. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, the stuff in the book, like, you see that on the show. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, why was I talking about Bilkis? Um, right, yes, I, yeah. So, I mean, I finished doing that. Um, Did you have the whole first season? No, just the first four episodes. Uh, it's eight episodes. So, so that's the press package? That's the press package, yeah. Uh-oh. It's good, though. I, I if, if you like the book, I think you'll yeah. definitely like the show. Um... I didn't like the book so much, but the show looks awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure if I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I might. Also, it's, um... It's not easy. Like, it's not like, name? oh, this... Well, welcome Ian to McShane, writing. is that his name? The, the guy who's playing uh, Thursday? Wednesday. 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 <laughs> Whatever. I am bad at names. So it's not bad. <laughs> I really like Neverwhere, and I didn't like seeing it translated yeah. into TV, but that was like just not a great BBC version. Yeah. Or like that. Um, they did the TV version? Yeah, about the radio BBC play? did a, like a miniseries, and mm. it just didn't translate well. Like, things that in the book are kind of meant to be a little bit vague. Mm. My brother's a big fan of the radio play. I need to listen to this. I was say watch <laughs> it. That's not right. Yeah, so at some point that. I should probably listen and to it. And it's here, so it's perfect. Yeah, but I also write about music, so I get to listen to oh, music. Oh, that's true. All right, good. Okay, so I read um, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Um, and it's probably the longest book that I have read in 
recent memory, um, 722 pages, um, and I read it in about three days, so my parents were like, my parents were like, wow, you really like this book, and I'm like, well, it's a really good story. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, okay, I def- so I guess we answer the question of where you fell on the... Well, uh, I, I enjoyed it, and I definitely want to read the sequel, and I, you know, would probably follow all the way through. As long as the sequel does, isn't, you know, absolutely terrible, and I don't hate everything about it, then I would probably read the no, third one. I have it here if you want to. So, I think we have it at home. My dad might have a copy. Um, but yeah, it's it's like, the one of the people who have been asking me to read it, you know, he uh, is my friend's husband, and... We talked about it over over Pesach, and I explained that I think that you know I think there are you know there are worlds that I appreciate more you know worlds that don't limit women to being you know wives, mothers, prostitutes, and love interests, and nothing much else. And I started noticing that there were like no named women characters in the beginning of the book as I was reading it. I was like, wow, how long can he keep this up? You know, and like no, the, his mother is the best mother. His mother was pretty awesome. Um, but she, I don't know what her name <laughs> that's was. What I'm, talking about. I'm just saying, like, the mm. thing about the book that really... I don't know what her name was. Right. Well, um, so, the thing is, I, I read, I read I name her name. And she doesn't have a line of dialogue until around page 64. Yeah. Um, I read it in college, I think. Maybe, maybe when I was in Israel. Um, and I, I, tr- no, no, I read it, I read it in college. And I read about half of it. And I tried to listen to it on audiobook. And, like... I got up to the point where Kvothe, the main character, is talking about how his love is the greatest love oh my God, that has ever been a love. I know, I And that me mortals cannot possibly understand the love that is his love. And, like, it was a whole book of this, and I was like, I'm going to either break my iPod or stop listening to this book. So I chose my iPod. <laughs> so, so, okay, so... Um, no, I was just like, that was... He, I mean, from the very beginning, when he first starts his story, I was like... Oh, Kvothe, you're such a drama queen. (laughs) I think think either you can tolerate that and you take it as unreliable, or it just really gets at you, which it did for me. I I don't know if I even consider it unreliable. I just be like, you know, this is his, you know, his perspective. I don't even think of that in terms of unreliable. This is just, you know, this is obvious. This is how all people think about their own loves. You know, this is about how a lot of people talk about, you know... Not all of them. About his own brain? You know, I am the smartest? I have the best yeah, brain? No. I mean, not everybody is... No, not, not about everything, but, like, about, you know, like, their loves, you know, and, like, when they're, you know, when, you know, they go through a breakup, they're like, you don't understand, you know, you, you know, your relationship is not like mine, you know, everything, you know, everybody's <laughs> I mean, very individual. He's dramatic. He's supposed he's to be super dramatic. dramatic. He's definitely you know, unreliable. He's, he's also telling the, telling the story, so I don't know what is unreliable in terms of the facts of the I don't thing. Remember. I don't know if it's in the first story. At one time, I think... The, um, is the court case in the first story? I don't think so. Um, which... which uh, no, there, only... there are a couple of times when he has to appear before the, you know, the people. No, no, no. So there's, like, one moment, I guess, is in the second book. I'm not going to... I don't want to spoil okay. it for you. Um, but pretty much it's very clear... I thought it was in the first book, but it's... I guess it's in the second one. It's very clear. There are more women in the second book, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I think towards the end of the first book, too. They, like, start getting, like, I don't know if he realized or he was just like, oh, there needs to be actually some women somewhere. Anyway, um, which is a, which is a valid concern, like, argument. Like, it wouldn't be as annoying if there weren't that many, you know, there were, like, by the time you get one woman character's name, there have been, like, a thousand men. Fifty named men characters, so, like. But, so pretty much there's one scene, I guess it's in the second book, I haven't read either of them in a while, um, Mm -hmm. where, like, it's a famous event in his life, because early on in the books, you, like, the scribe says to him, like, I yeah. want to learn about this, I want to learn about that, yeah, so, I like, he's this. basically, a lot of his, his stories are, you know, explaining the origins of these myths. Yeah, so, I mean, he, the, the book is a story within a story that the main character is telling someone to write down. Mm-hmm. So, But there's also a story going yeah, on outside okay. of that, and I'm sure that, you know, by the end of the, you know, of, That's what of, you the, think. of the trilogy, <laughs> by, by the end of the, you know, at least by the I end of the trilogy, by the end of the trilogy, they'll, you know, they'll get back to, you know, what's going on in the real world, yeah. and, you know, have to address that and he's laid he's laid foundation for it like you know the main character is like in this very dark place he's not able to do magic anymore you know and like you're trying to find out why exactly that happened um and obviously you know 
and you're the, finding the structure out. of the book is you know seems to be such that you know eventually you know hopefully in the third book you know he will get his powers back and he will you know save the help save the world or whatever you know redeem himself for all the mistakes he made but who knows where it's really going but also you don't know where it's really going because like I was saying before in the second book there's a scene where he's like telling something that the scribe has mentioned before and then suddenly he skips it and he's just like wait what was that he's like you can go look up the records like he doesn't tell you what you always want to know mm-hmm. and the story is it's it's very blatant in the second book mm-hmm. that he's unreliable and that you like you can't well, you trust about- him um because mm-hmm. he's i mean because he's talking about himself yeah. and he wants yeah. to make himself look good and there's other stories in like that he's written like that he's written he's written in um rothfuss wrote a novella about one of the side characters and he wrote a short story about another side character and you kind of learn a little bit more mm-hmm. what was going on. Rothfuss is a really great storyteller, but more so than a good storyteller, he likes hiding things. So I've read the books multiple times just trying to like figure out what's what. But the main two characters, the love interests, when they speak to each other, there's like magic in seven, which is very similar to like Judaism, where there's seven, seven words to make someone fall in love with yeah, you. Yeah, but so in the books, there's seven words to make someone fall in love with you. And so the two main characters often speak to each other in seven worded sentences. And they're both supposed to be great musicians and poets. So like, it's definitely intentional on their parts and yeah. on his part, which I just think is kind of no. cool because you don't realize it. Like, I didn't notice yeah. it until someone told me. I'm sure he's an extremely smart guy. Actually, that, to be honest, that was maybe something that bugged me too. That I felt like the author was talking, that Rothfuss was talking about himself. Um, I was wondering and, that. Yeah, because I didn't feel like that. I mean, it's, it's totally it's my my perception. You know, I'm just you know I, I I think that the fantasy world is divided into people who like are are very much on board with the books, and that's totally awesome. And obviously, they're very well written and very popular. And then people like me who are like, I can't handle this at all mm. well back to the what I was saying just about the, the love interest and how they do have a scene where he talks about her with somebody else who has an outside perspective on this woman's life and why she behaves the way she behaves and a lot of it does make sense that she's you know she's very limited in society and she's doing what she needs to survive and that's why she you know tends to you know just disappear and you know take her opportunities where she can um, and that made sense, you know, and that made me, you know, less annoyed with her, but it still doesn't make it a good relationship. I want to talk about um, something in the second book so badly. <laughs> no, 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 like, before I even started this book, I like going into books blind. I'm and sorry. And t- before I even started this book, tomorrow's like... He's unreliable. Like, he's unreliable, and I'm like, I no stopping. I think no talking. But you don't think he's unreliable. I mean, it depends what your definition of unreliable is. There's obviously, you know, there's there's unreliable in the sense of, you know, getting the facts wrong. And I don't know exactly, you know, where I would categorize that because I don't really have, you know, a, a basis for comparison. Yeah. Um, and there's unreliable in terms of, you know, exaggerating or giving, you know, one's perspective, which, you know, may not, you know, necessarily reflect reality, but doesn't contradict reality, mm-hmm. you know? It's definitely more towards the second, but at the same time, I think it's also You know, like, he says at one, at one point, time. like, his his assistant, you know, like, he's going on about how, you know, Bast. beautiful his, yeah, how beautiful um, his love interest is, and his assistant, Bast, goes, you know, I remember her having a crooked nose or something like yeah. that, you know? And I'm like, yeah, like, it was obviously, you know, like, his, you know, people's, <laughs> in, people's minds, <laughs> People's minds embellish embellish their their own you know their own love interests and they you know especially looking backward with nostalgia on mm-hmm. all this stuff but also just being you know he was a teenager he was caught up with his hormones and whatever you know like so she was the most beautiful woman he's ever seen yeah, in his but life he was and, like ten it was like fifteen I know but I like didn't like that but he the just, best like, lover in the world I'm sure. Anyway, well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. He, he, he's pretty honest with the fact that he's completely clueless about women. So okay, so the and in the beginning, <laughs> I can't in the beginning, it. like later, maybe he, he anyway, thinks that he gets anyway. better. Uh, maybe like, later he thinks that he gets better, but at this point, he's you know. There's, there's like a focal there's, point in the second book about him being a lover. <laughs> Okay. So annoying. Yes. Yeah. There's. I think we've spent enough time on this, and I, I don't mean to, to say it, that because like, I'm not so a fan. Just be like, <laughs> and I need to tell you about it because it makes sense. Okay. So Tamar, what did? What was your primary geeky involvement over Pesach? Oh, I read nine of L. J. Smith's Nightworld books. Oh my god. <laughs> but I read them in omnibus version. Doesn't matter. You read They're nine really books. short. I read really quickly. I 
I read close to 20 books on Pesach. Oh my god. It's not crazy. I usually read You're three books. You're kicked off the podcast. You're making me feel bad about But myself. I skim. <laughs> and I've read almost every... I only read three new books. Um, crazy Rich Asians was the best one. Everybody should read it. Um, the other two, I don't even remember their names. But I read L.J. Smith's... Um, she has like... She's the woman who wrote Vampire Diaries. And I didn't realize oh. before I went into this reread, I had these books for a while, that these... There were only ever nine of them. The tenth never got published. And that she got kicked off of Vampire Diaries. They were ghostwritten the later books. What? Because she got into a fight with her publisher, which is why these this finale still has not yet come out. Um, I'm sure she can find another publisher. She wrote Vampire Diaries. But something's... I never speak once. Something's up there. Anyway, yeah. so she wrote these nine books um, pretty much about... Witches, shapeshifters, and vampires, and there's definitely some bad editing going on because in the original few books they're werewolves, and then it turns out that the werewolves are actually shapeshifters. And well, same thing in Twilight. No, but like they call them werewolves, and then they say like in one book werewolves and shapeshifters, and then from then and then like in uh. another book it's like shapeshifters including the wolves, and you're just like there's some bad. And there was like one page where they had a character named Vicky, and in one paragraph she was spelled with an I, and then in four she was a Y, and then she was back in the I, and I was just like this editing needs fixing. Anyway, the, the books are pretty much about soulmates, and each of the nine books has about, is about a pair. One is usually human or half-human, and the other one is supernatural, and they shouldn't be able to be soulmates. In this world, there's always been, like, magical soulmates in the supernatural world, but it's never been with humans before. And it turns out, why? Because the world's coming to an end. And so they have to find these four wild powers, the four people who have access to this really great power that will hopefully be able to stop the end of the world. The witches have prophecies that only if you have all four. So if one dies first, like you won't be able to save the end of the world. I assume in the tenth book that they save the end of the, <laughs> that they save the world, but I have no idea. So I assume at the end of the day they save the world, but she hasn't published the book yet, and apparently Goodreads has it is coming out December 31st, 2030. Um, <laughs> so like it's not even in sight. And she hasn't updated anything about Night World in several years. I think the last short story she published was in like 2011 or 2010. Um, and like I was looking at Goodreads and some people were like, I used to go to the bookstore every single day, every single week to go see if these the 10th book came out because it was before like social media because these books are still, are, I think they're 15 years old already. Like the last yeah. one. And so people are just like really frustrated. And I like the books. There was one subplot that I really liked. It was a, a pivotal one. It was about like, the first sort of vampire and like there was a and there's a old souls in the book they're reincarnations mm -hmm. and some of them know that they're an old soul and some of them remember their past lives and some of them don't and it turned out that like his his soulmate was an old soul who kept dying before they can meet so this is about them like meeting and it was really cute and i really liked it so they were all like really like cute fluffy ya they weren't well written at all um I can see this becoming a CW show, and I'd be down for that. <laughs> um, but it, so it was like fun to reread it. I hadn't read the book in like six years, and I was just like, I'm gonna read this before I donate it because I was thinking of giving them away. And now I'm not sure because like I want them and I want to finish the book. <laughs> if block. you want them, then keep them. So I'm really kind of frustrated, and it's yeah, I just want her to publish the book. <laughs> and, it's, and it's short. Like, they're not any longer than, like, 350 pages of, like, you know, big YA font. Yeah. So, and it seems like she has it written because the first chapter is in the last book. Like, mm -hmm. you know the character and you know who her soulmate is because, like, that's how each one is right. bogus. And you're just like, hmm, hmm. She must have some kind of contract that won't allow her to publish it I guess. on her own, I guess. Or but then why don't they just inspired? publish it? Maybe they just are so bitter they don't want to give her money. Yeah, she's, you know she what? had to make a lot from Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Even if the publisher had most of the rights, she still has to get something. Yeah. So, like, I'm just frustrated and just stop focusing on Vampire Diaries. Everybody give me Night World. <laughs> Very frustrated. <laughs> um, yeah, well, in terms of books, I, I definitely didn't read nearly as much as Tamar did. Skim. or even close to that um i think i read like half of a book and then stopped and went to uh aftermath um empire's end by chuck wendig which i actually i had partly read because i was like i said i was gonna read this in the <laughs> podcast i have to read it um but it actually wasn't too bad i mean like i i don't think i would recommend the aftermath trilogy because uh i mean it's a it's a dense star warsy book and like Part of the reason why I wanted to finish it was because I wanted to know what happened to the characters that I liked, who you do have to, like, get through quite a bit to get to that point of liking them, which I had already done. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the second and third one were, you know, were, were not bad. They were, um, they were fine. And I was pretty satisfied with how it ended, more or less. It ends with the Battle of Jakku, which is, Uh-oh. you know, um, I guess about 29 years or whatever before. And like Ben Solo's birth and stuff like that. Um, ben Solo's in it? As a, as a teeny tiny infant baby. Oh, yeah. Little baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before it all okay. went wrong. Yeah. Baby um, Hitler. Yeah. But, uh, and it kind of hints at where, like, the, uh, the First Order went and, like, how they, how they coalesced. But anyway, yeah, so I did read that, and that was, that was readable. High praise. And then, <laughs> and then I started a book called A Face Like Glass by, God, I can't remember her name. Something with an F is her last name, I think. She wrote Fly By Night. I got, got sent it. It got sent to me, so I wasn't really like interested in it and I like started reading it it's actually very well written um and it's it's very interesting it's kind of like it's about um an underground society uh like a very affluent opulent society where people can make like wine that can you know kill you or make you tell the truth or whatever and, and cheeses that make you hallucinate and perfume that can also kill you and stuff so it's you know um it's very sensual book in that way and so the other thing about this uh world is that people's or this city people's expressions don't change unless they change them so they have to learn how to like get faces um and then this little girl uh turns up in in the cheesemakers tunnels um and she can change her expression which means she's from somewhere else and um so I, i was actually enjoying it but i think by the time i got to like the second days i was just like i'd read so much fantasy and so much fiction that I was like a little bit like up to my nose, and my brother is a big fat nerd and bought um, this book called uh, *The Romanovs* by Simon Sebag Montefiore, descendant of Sir Moses Montefiore, um, and he wrote *Jerusalem*, and he's like a big historical writer, and it's a massive, massive book about three hundred, all three hundred and five years of the Romanov history, and I was like. <laughs> I'll just start this. So I read through about 180 years from like uh, the first Romanov, Michael, to um, I'm, I guess, two thirds of the way through Catherine the Great now. And it's it's interesting because also they, um, I mean, it, it is well written and it is fascinating and it's insane. So like, I don't know why we all decided that like the Tudors were like the interesting family in history because these people were freaking bonkers like i'm telling you like especially toward the earlier you go like the more people are just like and then you know 30 people were beheaded and then you know whatever like this woman was beheaded that man was beheaded that guy was broken on the wheel this guy was impaled in the square like over and over and over and over and over again it happens like russia it is very russian (laughs) and um and it's 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 just very uh it's very interesting and also you know obviously simon montefiore is jewish so he every so often kind of checks in with how the Jews are doing and it's not, not good. <laughs> it's not like, good. And he expelled the Jews but didn't really mean it. So then she expelled the Jews but did mean it. And, and then, then they the had Cossacks this program and that right? program and Cossacks. And <laughs> this person was a converted Jew so they kind of dealt with him. Like, and, then, and then the doctor was Jewish and they didn't care about that because all the Jews were expelled except the doctor. And like, you know, it, nice. it's, it's, yeah, it's very, I mean, again, not really not us- my usual type of reading but um, a very kind of, fantastical in its own way but yeah very very well written um so i i definitely would recommend it and i didn't stop reading it because i thought it was bad or anything it was just you know it's also interesting because the way he starts the book is with a prologue about um the first romanov at who became emperor when he was like they basically begged him to become emperor at like 13 and he was kind of sickly and then you know uh i guess alexei romanov who was the last the youngest boy and kind of about the night that michael was approach to become Tsar and the night that the Romanovs were murdered. So it, it, it's, it kind of definitely hooks you into like being interested in how it progressed to like the ultimate end of this crazy, you know, monarchy that lasted for ages. But yeah, so that that's pretty much what I did. I mean, like I saw a Broadway show on. What show did you see? I saw uh, the play that goes wrong. Oh, how was that? Uh, oh my God. It was hysterical. It was very British. It was very much, it was kind of like a takeoff of Mousetrap. Um, and it's like a murder mystery and it's pure farce. It's not, it's not intellectual. It's not like they're not appealing to, to, you know, any, any higher parts of your brain. It is just straight up. This play is cursed and crazy stuff keeps happening and things are falling all over the place and people's lines get messed up. And as somebody who was in the drama society in Stern, it really resonated. (laughs) It's like, 
like at one point they get stuck in a dialogue loop and like the person who's who's who they come back to who is supposed to take them into like the actual continuing dialogue keeps looping around to the very similar piece of dialogue that just starts the whole train over again <laughs> i was like oh my i feel like that happened at one point or another like, yeah so how about you so um Last one I did aside from reading, um, I did not go to Broadway play. Um, I did on my one day of Colomo 8, which is basically Thursday. Everything yeah. else is just Arab Yantif again, so like there was no time. But on my one day, I went to Yankee game, um, and it was fun because they won. And always nice. Um, <laughs> and there was a one of the players, Aaron Hicks, was playing, um, and he was only playing that because. Um, one of the uh, regular players, Brett Gardner, was injured or, you know, he strained something or whatever, you know, and he was sitting it out to rest for a little while. And Aaron Hicks hit two home runs and batted in, so all three runs, and they won three to two. So, like, nice, nice. That was a cool story <laughs> that happened. Um, and yeah, we went with um, friends. We, we did this last year. Um, they're not usually around, but they're, uh, they visit the New York area um, around Pesach. And so last year we went to a Yankee game with them also. And this year we went and we're going to try and maybe make it an annual tradition. Oh, that's yeah, nice. That's Traditions are nice. They are nice. We, we always have Seder yeah. at uh, the second Seder at a family friend. Yeah, even though we cannot yeah. eat any of the ballpark food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's half the experience gone. Yeah. Um, but in terms of other reading that I did, I started reading this book called The Reason for God. It was lent to me on my birthday by a Christian friend of mine because she's like, you like, you know, thinking about things and, you know, and uh, and the search for meaning and all that kind of stuff. And I thought you might enjoy this. And it's very interesting, but like the metaphor that I keep coming back to is that it's, it's kind of like... Um, you know, if somebody gives you, you know, a really great handbook about tropical fish and how to tr- and how to treat them, um, but you're like, um, sorry, I have hamsters. You know, I was like you can learn. You know, like you can see some basic parallels of yeah. like, you know, you should clean the cage or the, or the tank every so often. You should feed them. You know, the basic things, but like other stuff just doesn't seem. You know, just doesn't feel relevant or applicable. You know, because yeah. it's like the second half of the Bible not applicable to my religion. So like these tenets of of the religion that you're trying to persuade me of, they just you know they don't. You know, like. You know, I don't need to be- to figure out why you know why it's possible to believe in in a, a loving God who sends people to hell because you know that's not an issue in my religion. <laughs> like, so like that's you know you're you're answering questions that I don't have. Yeah. Well, I, I sense um, you're probably not the audience. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm obviously not the audience. You know, and um and that's what, so the first half of the book is just him um explaining you know um his views on like the, the common a lot of common questions and doubts that people have about Christianity and his views about why these doubts you know aren't really doubts and like most of his arguments I did not find super convincing. Um, like, I was telling um, Michal just before we started, I was telling her how, like, he uses, uh, he says that, like, you know, the Gospels, you know, they have to be historically accurate because there were people alive at the time who had been around during Jesus's lifetime, you know, and, like, if the Gospels had written, you know, had made up stuff, they would have come forward and said, no, we were there, you know, it didn't happen like that, and, like, I'm just, like, that's just not true have you yeah. have you not seen all the fake news that is happening today and we have video and we have you know all sorts of documentation that we can we can get and back then they didn't have any of that and you know so like call the homer you know <laughs> fake news could spread like wildfire um and you know it, it just like these kinds of phenomena you know they totally could happen um, I'm not saying that they did happen, you know, I'm just saying that it's totally possible and arguing that it's not possible because there were witnesses. Um, it just, it doesn't ring true. Yeah, I feel like I have to quote um, from Jesus Christ Superstar by Andrew <laughs> Lloyd Webber right now. Um, 
Okay, uh, every time I look at you, I don't understand why you let the things you did get so out of hand. You'd have managed better if you'd had a, if you'd had a plan. Now, why'd you choose a su- such a backwards time in such a strange land? If you'd come today, you could have reached the whole nation. Israel in 4 BC had no mass communication. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, um, so that book, it was, you know, it, okay, got, it got kind of, okay, so yeah. it, got, it got a bit frustrating for me at times. So, like, I would be like, okay, I'm going to read until here, and then I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to read this other book, which I have, which was um, Meg Cabot's uh, book, Insatiable, which is a vampire uh, romance, <laughs> like a theme. romance <laughs> novel. Um, and Somehow on the, on the holiday where we, we deprive ourselves of delicious tasting foods and many of them you guys both went for vampire i might have some purpose you know it just I, happened I know to be, i'm saying it happened to be one of the one of the one of the only books that i had left that i you know that i have i i got for my birthday i got like a whole bunch of books to to read and this is i'm down to like my last few um and this just happened to be the one that was next up and it was a lot of fun it was much better than twilight um it had much better characters and dialogue and there were some like really hilarious interactions between all the different characters and um and there is a sequel so i am probably going to read that at some point and also so then i went back to reading the reason for god and then i took another break um (laughs) and that's when i started miss marvel and yeah so i'm still in the middle of miss marvel and now when, when i finish this omnibus then I will get back to the reason for God, and then I will have no more excuses. <laughs> I can lend you a plenty of excuses. Tomorrow, what did you do? So I, I like romance novels, and I had this whole pile of books I was going to read, and then I was like, I'm going to read one romance novel, and then I was like, wait, but this one leads into that one's book because they're cousins, and then they have siblings, and they're siblings. And the- so anyway, so I read four books by Lisa Clavis, and then I went to Galen Foley, and the reason I want to talk about this, aside from the fact that she's a good author, is she has several series that are intertwined and one of them is about a little Italian island called Ascension. It's a fake island based on like a bunch of them, but I really like it. I thought it was like nice and different. I read mostly historical, most of them take place in England and I thought it was nice to have this Italian society where they're discussing like vengeance, like, oh sorry, not vengeance, sorry. Vendetta being like a thing that people actually act on and there's this whole thing about like the one of the kings made it um, like outlawed it and now it was uh, like his descendant wants to use vendetta again whatever so it's like this whole long discussion about italian morals essentially <laughs> in this romance so, novel yeah um you know so. like the, the fact that you know a rodef you know you can, you can avenge somebody you know who was your killed in your family in ancient judea yes yeah, so <laughs> to get to the city of refuge first is there's there a city no, of refuge? No city of refuge. But that's America. But that's how the is the romance Michael starts. Corleone leaves. Uh, yeah. Lake, yeah. Um, so so yes. I mean the, the there's three books. One's about the parents. One's about the daughter. And one's about the brother. So the the, the siblings. And so the first one is about like pretty much this the prince gets exiled after his family gets murdered by the his future wife, her dad. So it's like very Italian, and I just really appreciated it. And I really liked that somebody like took the time to actually see like what a country that's not England, which everybody writes like Regency romances about. They're only about England, pretty much, and sometimes like about like France and and sometimes Vienna if like it's after Napoleon or during Napoleon or whatever. But this was like a nice switch, and I've liked and I've read it before, but I forgot how much I, I liked this like little bit of world building. Um, she's not my favorite author, but. It was, it was, like, fun to find it. But then I was reading other books by her. I read 15 books by her. Um, they're really short, and I've read most of them before. And, like, she redid the same thing in another one, and I got annoyed. She was like, we have a, a princess from a Greek island. And I was just like, you already did this in your other series. <laughs> it was very frustrating. But, yeah, so that one wasn't as good world building, but that one had a, a good good twist. Awesome. Well, we've been just gabbing our, our mouths off and our your ears off, uh, dear listener. It's our job. Um, yes, it, it actually is. <laughs> if you are if you are observing the Sphera period, during which uh, some Orthodox Jews do not listen to music, then you're welcome. Um, otherwise, not sorry. Music at the this episode. <laughs> no, I feel like it's it's very short. Can some we? people are strict about that. Yeah. Uh, well, should we be like a maybe warning? we shouldn't. I can record a warning after if you want. You could just start it off with like, um, "This is where we would normally." I have guess our we could just music, sing it, but it's Sphera. That would be cute, actually. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do that. Do 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 do. Do do do. Anyway, as where can we find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Facebook 
and you can find me on uh, my author page on Amazon and on Twitter at Floating Spirals, but I don't use it very often. And Tamara, how about you? You can find me at Tamara Writes on Twitter and Instagram, and my writing usually can be found at Billboard.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ink as Rain. You can find my writing at hypeable.com. As for us nice Jewish fangirls, um, tell us what you have been doing over Pesach. If you have not been celebrating Pesach, tell us what you've been doing anyway. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Jewish Fangirls. You can find us on Facebook at Nice Jewish Fangirls. And you can send us an email at NiceJewishFangirls at gmail.com. We are also just, just a thing where we'd love to interview more Jewish people um, in media and in media creation. So if you work or know somebody who works in movies, television, podcasts, radio, books, uh, whatever, art. Media, uh, communication. Exactly. Love to talk with awesome people. Um, and yeah, so that will do it for this episode of Nice Jewish Fangirls. Also, thank you so much for being patient with us. Obviously, we had some delays because of the holiday. Uh, but we will be back on our reg regular schedule starting now. So thank you so much for listening and live long and prosper, everyone.